All right, welcome back to the Lowest Shepherd Podcast, episode 41 with Pastor Jay and Travis Welch. Uh, we're going to get into chapter 6 today of Ephesians. Uh, last week we talked about the uh, the relationship between husbands and wives, and wives submit to your husbands, and husbands love your wives, and all of that is actually just a portrait, an illustration, a metaphor, if you will, about Christ and the church and how that reference, uh, that, that illustration works. <clears throat> Uh, today we're going to talk about children and parents and slaves and masters, and so he's he's going on with this continued uh, theme about like we talked about last time about how the rubber meets the road about how you live your daily life walking uh, in a manner worthy of Christ. And so picking up in chapter six, uh, verse one it says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right." Honor your father and mother, for this is the first command with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, that he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. All right, well, you got, like I said, we got these two different sections here stemming out of the, the household codes, as they're called, and uh, dealing with husbands and wives last time. And then uh, the next uh, important step in the family structure of society, uh, both then and now, is, is the relationship between uh, parents and children. And so he says, children, obey your parents, and all parents go, amen. Yeah. Let's just end it right there. You know, children, obey your parents. Uh, for this is right, and then he quotes, of course, one of the Ten Commandments: "Honor your father and your mother." And this, and then he has kind of, my version has it in parentheses. For this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Um, and the, you know, the word there is honor in the commandment. It's not obey. Uh, it includes obedience, but honoring goes above and beyond obeying because you can obey and not be honoring to your parents. You can grudgingly obey. You can, you know obey with a bad attitude, you know, throw a fit about it, whatever. To honor your mother and your father is about showing the, the reverence and the respect and the, and, the, and the honor that is due to them as being in that position of authority over the children. And so uh, as we talked about with the husbands and the wives, as we talked about the societal structure of ancient Roman uh, Empire in the first century that the Ephesians would have been dealing with, you know, this is the basic structure and the order uh, of society and, and everyone had sort of a place in that society and they all had subordinates and they all had people that were superiors that were over them. Uh, it was less a matter of value as sort of we think of it today and more a matter of position. Uh, in the same way that, um, uh, you know, if I'm speeding down the road and a police officer pulls me over, um, he is not uh, a greater person than I am. He doesn't have greater value than I do, but he does have authority over me. He is my superior in that he is uh, you know, in a position of authority above me. And so uh, in that same sort of way, everyone in society had a place and a, and a person and authority that was over them. And so that, that was the, the understanding and the structure. And, and even, like I said, even in modern society, we had the same sort of thing. 
whether it's a police officer, whether it's a government official, whether it's the president, you know, so on and so forth. Although it's a little watered down uh, in our society because of democracy, uh, much, much less so under an empire where the emperor was sort of the ultimate authority there or a king <coughs> and a monarchy type thing. But, uh, you know, children obeying their parents uh, was an important aspect of maintaining order within the family structure and in a civilized civilization uh, in ancient times, um, as well as Romans, uh, Roman times as well. In fact, you go back and you look in the Old Testament, there was, you know, anybody that was disrespecting their parents uh, oh, got, yeah, you got, got stoned. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we're not talking about just you know saying a word to them. Yeah. We're talking about dishonoring Clearly, them not because corporal punishment, but capital yeah. punishment. Yeah. As a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Forget spare the rod, right? You know, spare the stone. Uh, but um, yeah, but like like I talked about last time, there was the you know in ancient uh, Near Eastern civilizations, this this concept of honor and shame uh, was very very strong, and anybody that disrespected their family, like put a put a a cloud upon the entire family name, their entire reputation. And so it, it was a, a much more uh, important aspect of society than we deal with in our modern American cultures. But children, obey your parents. Um, you know, honor your mother I and like father. I like the way he puts there's a reason for obeying your parents, for mm-hmm. it's right. You know, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is the right, right thing to do. Here's the thought that I have with that. You see, like the last lesson, we had this whole wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. And there is that order in which God has in place, you know, the husband, the wife, the children, and all that kind of stuff. And the children are to obey their parents. But see, this can get all turned upside down, and it has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no longer do, you know, submission is supposed to be a bad word. Wives don't submit themselves to their Husbands, you know, if anything, the husband is expected to be submissive, you know, submit to the wife in that in the, in that understanding of it. And children are not obeying. Children are running the home. Children are running the nation. You know, kind of a thing. And so things are all turned upside down. Now it's no longer the father that's the head of the house. It's the children who are the head of the house and everything. And so. Uh, and <laughs> the we're, and the we're, inmates running the asylum. Yeah, and we're being submissive to them, kind of a thing. But um, it just says, parent, obey your parents, and then he gets into the honoring your father and mother. There's a limit to that obey because, I mean, uh, my, my children are now like 30 years old. I've got three kids, and two of them are up in their 30s, 35 and stuff like that. Well, them obeying me, well, fat chance of that ever happening, you know, kind of thing. My influence over them kind of, you know, it diminishes as they get a little older. And once they're married and out on their own and out of my house and stuff, so they're not going to obey me like like, and I can't expect that of them like they like when it was when they were in my home, but they are still expected to honor me. We just went through Father's Day here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some time back. As a you know how you know wives and and children will honor their fathers, and even your father who has maybe passed on and already gone to heaven, you still honor. You know, you always give them honor, but we're commanded to honor our parents, and there's a promise that's even connected to that. So the obeying part, <clears throat> there's there's it, there's kind of a limit to that in a sense, you know. But the honor part, you we are just told to honor our parents. Well, and it, and it's important too that it says right there in verse one, you know, children obey your parents in the Lord, and just like he went back in in chapter five, verse twenty one, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, uh, you know. 
husbands love your wi- love your wives mm-hmm. as is right in Christ. Right. Wives submit to your husbands as you do to Christ. And so, all of this is, is we we remember that the ultimate source, the ultimate head of everyone Christ. is Christ. Uh, and all of us should submit and should be honoring and should be obedient to one another out of reverence to Christ, not as a as a you know social construct of men greater than women, parents greater no, than no, children, no. any of that no. kind of stuff. We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. But we're not even submitting to Christ. You know, that's what we've got to be. Well, yeah, in society now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that, that's our point. We need to be submissive. That's why I'm talking about embracing that whole submissive kind of a part. But obey your parents, children. Um, and, but I like, let's get to the honor part, the honoring your parents. What about if your parents don't deserve the honor? In your mind, you don't think they deserve the honor. Maybe they're not even saved. Maybe they were abusive to you or something like that. I don't have any idea. You know those cases. I've heard, I've heard people say, I mean, I've read these passages to folks, and, and I said, Jen, just, just uh, you know, there's some kind of bitterness toward their parents. And maybe for just cause or reason. But you, you, you mentioned something about honoring your parents, and they get, uh, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're um, put off by that, and, that's, and, and they won't do it. But, you know, you, it doesn't matter. That, there's no qualifier there. You still, yeah. you still have to honor your parents. Yeah, honor them whether they're worthy of that honor or not, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then it'll go well with you. And he's even got a promise there of long, you, you'll live long on the earth and things like that. There's a benefit that comes to honoring your parents. So whether you think your parents deserve it or not, that's not the issue. You're still commanded to honor your parents. Well, and it's just as I preached here a while back, like you said on Father's Day, I actually talked about, you know, God relates to us as a father. Uh, that's how he wants to, to be seen as our heavenly father. And he established fathers on the earth to sort of represent God to their children. Right. And so I talked about to the fathers about how, you know, that should be a humbling concept to all, you know, earthly fathers that we represent God to our children. And that's how, and and I've talked to people before, whether they've had abusive fathers or absent fathers or whatever, that actually negatively influences their ability to be able to connect and relate to, to God as their father. And so that's a problem. And so... Um, if you get to, let's see, uh, verse four, it says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So, you know, (laughs) fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. Don't poke them just to poke them. You know, bringing up children in discipline and instruction of the Lord is out of, is out of love and respect for them. Not out of, you know, you're going to do what I say or else. Yeah, it's got to be reasonable. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, if you're, um, I thought, man, I should have looked this up. I can't remember where it is now where it talks about don't, don't, you know, exasperate your children, you know, don't make them be weary, uh, to work with your criticism. That might be in Colossians where he talks about it as well. Um, but you know, don't, don't wear your children out trying Mm -hmm. to meet your expectations of them. He's saying, look, you know, raise them up in proper discipline and instruction of the Lord, but don't, don't poke them. (laughs) Don't, you know, don't just keep prodding them uh just for the sake of prodding them you know treat treat children you know um and that's something i'm always reminded of too as a father you know 
sometimes it's easy for us to see our children as sort of objects that are there and they're just there to, to obey us, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, I mean, children are people too. They have their own ideas, their own wills, their own, you know, emotions. They're not just some sort of automaton or some sort of robot that stands over there in the corner. And so, yes, their ideas of what they want to do might be wrong and you have to teach them lovingly and how to correct them, what they want to do, but you can't treat them, uh, as if they're not people. And so that's an important thing for fathers to remember. You know, you're, you're talking to people. You, yes, they might be wrong in their expectations. They might be wrong in how they're behaving. Um, but they're not, you know, you, you, wouldn't treat, you shouldn't treat your child any differently than you would treat, you know, another fellow person. This uh, teaching them to, what's it? My translation says to nurture, uh, to bring them up in the nurture and mm-hmm. admonition of the Lord. Uh, you know, you've got to teach them that. You talk about that will of God business. You've got to, you've got to teach your children uh, the fear of God, not just the love of God. God loves you and all that kind of stuff. But you've all, you've also got to talk about the fear of God, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know that there there are consequences to your action, and there are disciplines that come. And, and when they're young, as a, as a father, it's up to you to administer the discipline and all of that kind of thing. And it has to do with their will. You mentioned they have their own will and everything. But see, as adults, we're supposed to be submitting our will to God the Father, right? These children have to learn that they, you are their father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, they learn this stuff at an early age so right, that when exactly. they become adults, when they become adults, they'll be submitting their will to to uh, to God right now they're submitting their will over to this is what mom says you know this is what dad says you know you obey your parents kind of a thing and if they don't learn that how to obey now uh, the police will be showing them how to do yeah. it when they when they get older but they learn exactly. that discipline now all right uh, the next section deals with uh, my version says bond servants is the word is actually slave uh, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ now this section is hard for us in our modern culture and our modern understanding for two reasons number one we don't have the same sort of bond servant structure uh, in our society that they had in the ancient times uh, and number two and probably a, a weightier problem is we of course in America have uh, the issue with slavery that we had you know mm-hmm. you know hundred years ago uh, you know for the, the basically the birth of this country and for the first you know several hundred years of its existence existence uh, we we dealt with the issue of, of african-american slavery chattel slavery um, and and how those people were treated you know, not just treated as slaves, but treated as animals and, and treated in a very, very harsh and negative way. Uh, we have that history bearing on us in the background of our mind. And so when we read this passage, we have a very different response to this than the, of course, Ephesians would have had. And once again, we have to, we have to condition ourselves to be able to read this as the first century Ephesians would have read this and understood this. Um, the, the system of slavery that existed in the first century Roman Empire was very, very different uh, from the system of slavery that we had in America. Um, and that's why, I mean, like I said, my version says bond servants instead of slave. It's, uh, you know, you would have a situation where you would have someone who owed a debt and, you know, they couldn't pay that debt off. So what they would do, they either would work themselves or they would sell uh, you know their children, whether it be a, you know their daughter or their son, into bond service to a family, 
uh, to work for a prescribed number of years to pay off that debt. And so in a sense, it's more, uh, in, in, I mean, if we're looking for something comparable to our modern day thing, although it's not exactly the same, uh, it'd be more to like an employee-employer uh, sort of status. You know, they worked for someone to pay off money, uh, to pay off a debt. Now, sometimes there were forced slavery, uh, whether it was a conquered people or, you know, enemies that, that were uh, defeated in battle. They could be forced to, to work as slaves, as bond servants, uh, which is a little bit closer to the system that, that we think of. But even then... Uh, it was a much, much different system than, than the slavery that existed in America. And so it's hard for us to get outside that, that idea and that image. Because when we hear slave, that's immediately what we in our American context think of. You know, you know 1800s and, and Civil War and, you know, and all, the, all that went with that. Uh, and that's not, that's not the same thing. And so if you think of it more closer, even though it's not accurate, but closer to an employee-employer type relationship, uh, you're getting a little bit closer to, to the uh, ancient context here. But he's saying, you know, slaves, bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would obey Christ. There it is again. You're obeying them and you're submitting to them out of reverence for Christ. You're submitting ultimately to Christ first, and then you're submitting to them out of reverence for Christ. And then it's interesting here because he says in verse 6, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond service of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. So he's saying, you know, you're not doing it just to look good. You're not just trying to get people to say, oh, look, what a great servant. You're doing it out of sincere reverence for Christ. You're doing your best for God, not for Ben. Uh, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Yeah. Well, no, it's just the, uh, you're, yeah, it's exactly on the right track. The way I'm looking at this is that singleness of heart, you know, whatever your vocation is, whatever your employment is, whatever task is before you, whatever work you do, it's, it, you're not just working for your employer to draw a paycheck. I mean, there's a testimony and a witness for the Lord that's being, uh, that's being, shown here in the way that you carry your place yourself in the workforce in the workplace mm -hmm. uh, there's a there's a difference between the way a, a believer handles a situation and a non-believer handles and you get in these work environments and everybody's fussing cussing carrying on back biting killing one another mm -hmm. you know jealousies and all that kind of stuff well that can't be us you know we have to do a singleness of heart i'm here yes and god's making provision for me through this vocation, I get a paycheck, but I'm, I'm, my, my, I'm doing my work as unto the Lord. And it's mm -hmm. just as important that you take that as, as Pastor Jason is preparing and delivering a message and, and preaching a message and things like that to honor God. Your vocation is supposed to honor God and everything as well. And <coughs> you, uh, you, um, your, your work, everything that you do is as unto the Lord. You're trying to please Him. You know, He had that, that word there, men pleasers, not as, what is this, not with eye service as men pleasers mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, you're just not out there to be seen and, and uh, trying to please men. You're, you're trying to please God. In, in, in what you in Well, what it, it comes back to motivations as well. And uh, I, I've said this before about, you know, the, the difference between a Christian 
doing good works for God and just a good person, quote unquote, in the world, doing good deeds in the eyes of the world is our motivation. Our motivation is love of Christ, love of God. And so I'm doing a good job in my workplace, whatever that setting situation might be, out of respect and reverence because I love God, not because I'm looking to get approval or looking to get a pat on the back or looking to get a promotion or anything like that. You know, those things might come with that for doing a good job, but ultimately my motivation is to serve Christ and to be honoring to Him. And the way you carry yourself re- reflects up upon the Lord. You go into mm-hmm. your work environment as a believer, and, and they're aware that you're a Christian, that, you're, that you are a believer. You know, some of them hate it. <laughs> you know, that, they just hate it, you know, and they may give you, the, they may make your life miserable in there and because they want to see you break and everything they want to see you in there fussing and cussing and carrying on like everybody else but you go in there and you're making a difference you see you're 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 light in the dark place kind of a thing and so you do your work as unto the lord and the and people notice that they see that and your your behavior reflects upon christ and this is our our part in advancing the church, the gospel, and things like that. Well, very similar to what we talked about with husbands and wives, right. and then just now with with children and parents. You know, the honor, the submission, the respect that you show to your masters or to your employer, your boss, or whatever, is not dependent upon their behavior. Yeah, and that's the important thing to remember. They could be the world's biggest jerk, but you, as a Christian, as a believer, are supposed to be honoring and respectful to them, and do your best for them anyway. Because you don't do it for them, you do it for Christ. That's kind of like honoring your father and mother when they don't, you don't necessarily think they deserve it. You still honor them. Yeah, and the they same might thing. be the worst father in the world, but you as a child are still supposed to obey them. Yeah, you and know. so the same thing. Your husband may not be loving, but you're still honor supposed him. to honor, honor and respect him. him. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then on the, on the flip side of that, verse 9, Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening. Know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven shows no partiality. Yeah, they're not getting by with anything. They're not yeah, getting by so with Yeah, and so once again, back to the social order in, in the first century uh, Roman Empire, you know, even the emperor, I mean, everyone was submissive to the emperor, but in the Roman system, even the emperor was submissive to the gods. You know, you know everybody answers to somebody, is what he's saying. It's like, hey, they might be your master, but they've got a master over them that they've got to answer to. And so, masters, you need to remember, you know, you hold, you know, you're held to a higher standard. You're going to answer to a higher authority as well. So remember that, and don't don't mistreat your servants. Don't mistreat your slaves. Yeah, he talks about that. No, don't for, you mm-hmm. know forego this threatenings and all that. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be in there mistreating your employer, your your employees, or yeah. threatening them. Or anything like that, because you know your master in heaven, your master also in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Oh, yeah. There's a verse somewhere, I think Jesus said someplace that the you know that the measure of judgment that we use is meted back to us. Mm, <laughs> Matthew Matthew seven. Yeah, probably. something like that. That's kind of the same kind of a thing. Listen, this this the threatenings and the you know, if you're abusing those uh, under your authority, if you're well that that same thing is going to be rendered back uh, on you. So you keep that in mind. You got to treat people with respect. And well, and I love, I love that last part there where it talks about, you know, there's no partiality with God. He's like, you know, even though they're a slave and you're the master, I'm not going to show you any greater respect than I'm showing them. Everyone's equal in God's eyes. <laughs> you know, and so mm-hmm. there's no partiality. There's, there's no, you know, uh, 
bias. There's no prejudice one way or the other with God. And so he, he, you know, treats everyone equally. And so we need to remember that, that, you know, even the, what we would consider in our human eyes, the lowliest among us is just as equally valuable to God as the loftiest among us from human perspectives. And so, all right. All I can say is that we got to be living it. You know, it's, it's more than just, um, you know, we say we love Jesus or we say that we're a Christian. This spills over into our home, our relationship with our wives, our relationship with our family, our, our children, you know, our employers. And just like Jason said, this is where the rubber meets the road kind of a thing. This, we've got to live it. We've got to be who we claim to be and, uh, and live it. Yeah. All right. All right, well, next time we'll get into uh, the armor of God or you know, the spiritual battles at the end of uh, you know, uh, chapter 6 here, and uh, we'll, we'll be finishing it out here in a couple of weeks probably. So, All right, we'll catch you next time. Have a great week.